Greetings, precious humans. Welcome to the third episode of Legendary Insights. Thank you for tuning in to what I hope you will find to be an informative and interesting episode. For those of you who may be just joining me as we work to build an audience, I'd like to reintroduce myself to you and to reacquaint you with the premise of Legendary Insights. My name is Laura Legendary, and if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, the Twitter handle for the show is LLOnAir, that's L-L-O-N-A-I-R, or you can just do a search for Legendary Insights, ACB. You can also write to me at ACB Radio Mainstream, and my email address is simply Laura at ACBRadio.com. Org. That's L-A-U-R-A at acbradio.org. As you may recall from the debut episode, the premise of the show is based around my love of words and quotes. And in particular, there was one quote I'm partial to that is really the basis for everything I plan to share with you. On legendary insights. And that's a quote by Neil Marcus, who is a poet and a playwright, who said, Disability is not a brave struggle or courage in the face of adversity. Disability is an art. It's an ingenious way to live. I think of disability as not a terrible set of circumstances, which has happened to me, but rather just a part of life in the continuum of humanity from beginning to end we all enter into and exit from various stages in our life and disability in many cases is one of those stages and you either have the coping skills to create the best possible life for yourself or you learn them and In our case, I happen to believe that disability is, in fact, an ingenious way to live. I mean, let's be honest. Aren't we all geniuses at finding workarounds for various things? Don't we find a million and one ways to cope with something that is so much easier for our sighted counterparts? The fact of the matter is, we live in a sighted society. And we all know that, as people who have low or no vision, we have to adapt the best way we can. Some of us are beginners, some of us are experts, but it's a work in progress, and we always find the most interesting and ingenious ways to live our best, most full life. In this show, Legendary Insights, I want to share with you as many ways as I can think of that can help you to live your most ingenious life. And whether that's sharing tips and tricks and workarounds with you, or sharing with you the ways in which other people are making the best of their lives, then that is really my goal. I'm a wordsmith, I'm a writer and a speaker, and I enjoy timeless words of wisdom. And in today's episode, I am going to share with you another one of my favorite quotes. In fact, 
I'm certain that many of you who also enjoy quotes have heard this one as well. In the immortal words of the great one, the hockey player, Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Today's episode is going to showcase the people who are living their best, most ingenious lives by being entrepreneurs. And in particular, I want to focus on those entrepreneurs who have been exhibiting their products and services at the various trade shows or conventions that you may attend, specifically the American Council for the Blind National Convention or the National Federation of the Blind National Convention. And for those of you who have been following me, you already know that I have just returned from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I exhibited my products, my elegant insights braille creations, jewelry and accessories at the ACB 16 National Convention. This episode is devoted to all of the entrepreneurs who joined me at this or at any other event of its type. Did you know that according to the U.S. Census, people with disabilities are almost twice as likely as their non-disabled counterparts to start their own business? So, this episode is devoted to those who take their shot. I want to share with you a little bit about entrepreneurship and what it takes to exhibit at one of these trade shows, whether it's a smaller event like a state convention or a larger event like a national convention or an enormous event such as a CSUN conference on disabilities or a consumer electronics show like the huge trade show that takes place in Las Vegas, Nevada. These trade shows or conventions offer an opportunity for entrepreneurs to exhibit their products and services. My small business in the parlance of entrepreneurship is really referred to as a micro business. A small business is one that consists of up to about 200 employees. Anywhere from 50 to 200 employees is really considered a small business. Anything below 50 employees is really considered either a micro business or a solo entrepreneurship. And a large business is what one might think of when thinking about a major corporation that is a household name. The Googles, the Apples, etc. So my little business is a micro business, and some more cynical might actually say it barely qualifies as a hobby. But be that as it may, it is how I earn my living so what I want to do is share with you my own insights as to what it takes to set up a booth in the exhibit hall. And one of the reasons I want to share this with you is because most attendees of these conferences and conventions really have no idea what it takes to pull this off. One of the most daunting aspects of bringing your products to one of these conventions is the cost. 
So as to accommodate all of the attendees as well as the regular hotel guests, naturally, the event coordinator has to choose a venue for the event that is large enough to house everyone necessary. And in doing so, you're choosing a property that in most cases is enormous. And because the property is enormous, the square footage is expensive. Depending upon attendance, of course, that determines how many conference rooms or event spaces are necessary in order to bring off the event. In the case of an exhibit hall, we're talking about extraordinary square footage space, which needs to accommodate all of the vendors who have registered to participate in the event. In order to pay for all of that square footage, there is a complicated equation that is used to determine how much a vendor is going to be expected to pay for that booth space. Obviously, this equation is going to need to take into consideration the expense of the room, amenities, whether it's electricity, the labor involved in setting up the individual booth spaces, refreshments, cleaning, whatever is necessary, all of these expenses go into the cost of the room. So when all of these costs are added together, it's divided up by about how many vendors you expect to attend, and a booth price is determined. This all has to be paid for in advance. So let's start off with some of the expenses involved in setting up a booth at one of these events. At the ACB 2016 conference, one of the aspects about attending as a vendor that's nice for someone who is a small business owner is that for disabled entrepreneurs, in other words, entrepreneurs who are blind or visually impaired, there is an accommodation made as to the booth price. And this accommodation is a tiered pricing schedule that allows for first time vendors to purchase booth space at a lower cost. I'll simply give you some ballpark figures so you can get an idea what's involved. The first year, if you are attending ACB, National Convention, as a disabled entrepreneur, you might pay something like $275 for a booth. The second year, you might pay something like $325 for a booth. The third year, you might pay something more along the lines of $375 for a booth. And by your fourth year, you're expected to pay the going rate for that booth, which may be, let's say, $450. That's really nice because if you are just starting out, you have a few years to give it a try see whether or not your products or services are well-received, and build a base of potential customers. And you can do this at a discounted rate. That is, if you are a blind or visually impaired entrepreneur and you are a first-time attendee, and each subsequent year the cost increases until the tiered pricing schedule elapses. Now, what you are paying for is an individual booth that consists of a banquet table, which could be six or eight feet long, and two chairs and a wastebasket. 
depending upon the facility, depending upon the event, there might be some additional features for your individual booth that may be included in the price. That could be booth draping. In other words, a backdrop for your booth that is a curtain, which really just serves to act as a divider between your row and the row behind you, and side draping, which serves as a divider between each and every booth. So you have a little bit of real estate that you're purchasing that usually is about 10 feet by 10 feet. If you want anything additional, such as electricity, to be run to your booth so you can power up any of your tech gear, that's usually extra, say $50. And depending upon the event, that could be $50 a day, or it could be $50 for the duration of the event. If you want a listing in the event program, that's usually included in the price. However, if you want any additional promotion, say if you want to include your literature in the goodie bag that's usually given to registered attendees of the event, any inclusions in the literature bag is usually extra. If you want to be featured in any kind of advertising in the main program, the agenda, or if you want to sponsor any of the events, that is an additional cost. It can be anywhere from $50 to thousands of dollars, depending upon how much exposure you're willing to pay for. If you are a solo entrepreneur or a small business, one 10 foot by 10 foot booth is usually sufficient. But for those businesses that are larger, especially those that need to showcase their equipment, whether that's computer gear, CCTV, whether it's a braille printer, whatever that technical equipment may be, in order to accommodate all of the attendees, provide for enough space, enough demonstration space, and room to move around, many of the larger businesses purchase multiple booths. So let's say a Freedom Scientific just for an example, may purchase booth number 261, 262, and 263 so that they can have a huge presence at the event, and they may purchase many of the additional amenities that go along with that booth space, which naturally would include electricity since they need to power up all their gear. Also, some of these larger businesses want to sponsor events and want to have a very visible presence at these events. So if you want to have a booth that has the best placement in the exhibit hall, in other words, a booth that's easy for the attendees to find, that is also pay to play. The better the visibility The greater the amount of square footage you need, the more amenities you require, the more expensive the booth space. Furthermore, if you want to pay for advertising or promotion, you've now paid, let's say, an extra $100 to $250 for a small promotional advertisement in one of the publications associated with that event. Now, airfare. 
You need to get to the event unless you're fortunate enough to live in the city in which the event is being held. So you need to purchase airfare for yourself and someone else. If you are bringing your employees with you, you need to pay for the airfare for all of your employees who are going to be working with you in the booth. Because I can assure you it's all but impossible to work a trade show booth by yourself. There are simply too many people, too many people who need your attention, too many transactions that take place, and one person simply doesn't have the endurance to pull it off. At least, I know I don't. If you're a small business bringing employees, then you need to house them. So now you're paying for your own airfare, your own hotel room, and the hotel rooms for your employees. Fortunately, my partner in crime is my mother, who is gracious enough and generous enough to assist me during these events. Many of you have met her. She works the booth with me. And because she's my mom, I don't pay her for her time. I buy her her airfare, we share a room, and we share expenses with respect to food and any other amenities we may need. However, if you're a business owner and you're bringing employees, you not only need to house all of those employees, once the event begins, you need to pay them for their time. Your employees aren't going to be working for you for free. So you've flown them to the event, you've put them up in a hotel, and you're paying them for the hours working the event. Are you starting to do the math? Let's talk setup and teardown. Because of security reasons, most hotel properties do not permit anyone to send packages directly to the hotel. They may permit the receipt of mail, but if you are a vendor in the exhibit hall, you are not permitted to send your displays, your countertop tables, your backdrops, or the equipment that you need directly to the hotel. The reason for this is because most people in the hospitality business are unionized. Any event that takes place on hotel property requires the utilization of what is called drayage service. It's a funny word, and I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's spelled D-R-E-Y-A-G-E. Drayage service is meant to enable vendors in the exhibit hall to ship all of their displays, equipment, and other necessary items for their booth to the hotel, which is then handled by the hotel employees. This service is not free. You are paying a prevailing union wage. This can drastically increase the cost for your event. Now, I have been to facilities that handle this in different ways. Some facilities are extremely strict about this. I went to an event that was neither an ACB nor an NFB event, and I was told in no uncertain terms that whatever you cannot bring into the exhibit hall under your own power, you must pay someone to bring in for you. In other words, it could simply be a box of literature that's a little too heavy for you to carry. But if you can't carry it under your own power into the exhibit hall, 
you have to pay someone whatever the prevailing wage is, $30 an hour, $50 an hour, I don't know, whatever the facility charges, to have someone who is unionized take a dolly or a hand truck and wheel your box to your booth for you. Okay, so we've talked about how much the booth costs, how much it costs to get there, how much you have to pay for the hotel, how much you have to pay to accommodate and transport your employees, including paying them for their time. We've talked about setting up and tearing down, and we've talked about some of the incidental expenses, such as advertising and promotion, electricity, extra chairs, Wi-Fi. I was at an event not long ago where there was no Wi-Fi service in the exhibit hall. And you need Wi-Fi service so as to process credit card transactions. And this particular facility charged, hold on to yourself, $80 a day. $80 a day for Wi-Fi service in the exhibit hall. Well, there's no way a small business there to showcase their products is going to be able to afford all of the expenses plus an additional $80 a day for the privilege of making a credit card transaction, which, by the way, is also expensive. One has to ask oneself, is it worth it? So now you're using your data plan? I hope you have unlimited data usage. Because if you don't, this has suddenly become an extraordinarily expensive proposition. Now, I just outlined for you some of the expenses associated with exhibiting at an ACB national convention. The state conventions are much less expensive. The fixed expenses are always going to be there, of course, the airfare, the hotel accommodations, and so on. But the expenses associated with exhibiting at a local event are far less. What about the NFB? The National Federation of the Blind does not make an accommodation for blind entrepreneurs or first-time attendees. I attended my first National Federation for the Blind event as an exhibitor last summer. It was their big 75th anniversary event, NFB 2015. And because it was such a special event, I wanted in particular to exhibit there because I knew that that event would be very well attended. Well, when I went to sign up, I suffered from a bit of sticker shock because NFB charges $975 for a booth. $900. And $75. What I do not know, since this was my first time, I do not know if that number changes based on the location or the facility at which the event is being held. The NFB events for the last few years have been held in Orlando, Florida, and the hotel properties that host these events are huge. And because it's a tourist area, I would imagine the expenses associated with putting on a conference at a popular city, 
a popular tourist destination, is very high. So it makes sense to me that the booth space would be higher. But compared to ACB, that threw me for a loop. So you're spending, and I could be a little bit off on the price. It might not have been nine seventy-five. Perhaps it was nine fifty. Perhaps it was nine twenty-five. But I can assure you, it was over nine hundred dollars. Let's just call it a grand, shall we? Hotel expenses for you and your employees for every night you're at the event. Don't forget about airfare. That means, at minimum, you are starting out a convention. About two thousand five hundred dollars in the hole before you sell a single product. This may not be problematic for a larger business, especially those companies that sell high-ticket items. But for a small business, a business that sells items that are, say, generally less than a hundred dollars, that's an awful lot of product that needs to be moved in order to simply. Break even. What about something like an international event, like a CSUN conference on disability? Well, I've never exhibited there because I don't sell tech products. And any vendors who have exhibited there, feel free to write to me and give me a heads up as to what expenses are involved. But the one year I thought about making an inquiry about attending, I was told that the exhibit hall booth space was sold out. There was a waiting list, and at minimum, a booth would cost two thousand six hundred dollars. That's just for the booth. That was a few years ago, and I cannot. Independently verify that with current information, but two thousand six hundred dollars is the bare minimum to have a booth at the CSUN Conference on Disability, to the best of my knowledge. Now, I happen to know to exhibit at the CES Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Nevada, was forty thousand dollars. Add up all of the other expenses that I've outlined for you associated. With attending these events, and I would imagine that the amount of money is exorbitant beyond measure. Six figures? I'll bet so. For some of the big players, Google, Apple, Samsung, any of these enormous billion-dollar unicorn companies. Or those trying to become unicorn companies, six figures sounds about right. So now you know a little bit about offering your products and services at trade shows, and I've just scratched the surface. Really, I didn't even include things like business cards, literature. Oh, and then there's the inventory that you need to bring that you hope you sell. There is a tremendous amount. Of preparation and promotion that goes into attending conventions, and now that you know a little bit about what's involved, you can understand why I want to tributize those people who are living their most ingenious lives by taking a chance, taking a shot, risking everything in hopes of acquiring a customer. Gaining exposure, building 
a client base by being willing to expend the energy and cost necessary to get in front of you. It's a risk, and everyone has to decide for themselves whether or not it's worth it. The chance you take is that the event is not going to be well attended. There are certain circumstances over which you have no control. This is why I wanted to devote an entire episode of Legendary Insights to those entrepreneurs who are taking chances. Taking chances is all part of being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs are a group of people I admire very much. It's all a gamble. So, take a shot. Live your most ingenious life. <laughs>